So uh, this morning we had a chance to learn a little bit meditation. Uh, I hope with my little experience I have uh, tried my best to explain in brief the essence of meditation. Now, uh, if there are any questions, of course, through questions, uh, through asking questions, we are learning. We learn because we ask questions. If I have uh, learned something, it was because I asked some questions and I was able to ask some. Uh, I'm really fortunate. I was able to ask some competent teachers. So I have got a little bit clarity. So uh, I encourage you to ask questions, not just uh, for fun, but for clarifying. Hmm? Uh, for if you ask good questions, it will clarify for many of us, including myself. Please. And now the first, you will be second. Hmm? Yeah, uh, Venerable, uh, yesterday you talked about uh, pure samadhi and divine eye. Uh, I would request you to elaborate something on that. That is question number one. Question number two, in the meditation you mentioned about the Anapanasati Sutra. Uh, that sutra only talks about in-breath and out-breath. Uh, retention and the suspension, which is the kumbhak, it doesn't really mention, at least explicitly. I don't know whether it mentioned implicitly. So which is the sutra from where this tradition of uh, uh, kumbhaka. Yeah, kumbhaka has really originated? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, a lot for good questions. It uh, gives me chance to think. Hmm? Uh, so the first question was, if I understood well, could you repeat it again? Yesterday, when you were uh, talking about the meditation, you talked about the samadhi. Yes. Now I I will yes yes I will I will elaborate. Yeah. So. Uh, According to all Buddhist traditions, the uh, mastery of samadhi leads to abhinya, to the supernatural powers. If our samadhi is not pure, we cannot use supernatural powers. Now, there is in the middle discourses of the Buddha in Majjhima Nikaya, uh, the same Sutra is available also in Chinese, maybe with little bit variation. The so-called Upaklesa Sutta. Hmm? And it explains, the Buddha explains his experience under the Bodhi tree. And he explains when he was uh, under the Bodhi tree, first he purified his samadhi. This was the first thing. 
because he purified his samadhi, uh, he could use supernatural powers. And uh, he used uh, two supernatural powers which are especially related to vipassana. The others are to some extent related to vipassana, but the two supernatural powers are directly related to vipassana. The first is, uh, is uh, Pubbe Nivasa, Purva Nivasa. He, sought, he, uh, he saw his innumerable previous lives. Then he used the divine eye to see how we beings, according to our karma and according to our kilesa, our kleshas, our uh, impurities of mind and feelings, we are uh, driven to go from birth to birth. This he saw very clearly. He saw in himself, he saw in others. And this is according to the tradition, his uh, uh, understanding of dependent origination. All the Buddhist traditions agree what the Buddha actually experienced. Even so, we explain it in a different way. What Buddha experienced is uh, dependent origination. So, uh, because of dependent origination, Buddhism is different from other religions. If we are real Buddhists, we use the relative truth, the worldly truth, the dependent origination, to understand, not to be mistaken about the highest truth, which is uh, beyond everything. If we don't understand our worldly experience, the Buddha has taught, we also cannot understand according to the truth, yata bhutam, we cannot understand the super mundane, the experience which goes beyond the world. And uh, in all Indian traditions of yoga, the super mundane, okay, uh, no chai, water. The super mundane samadhi is the, uh, in Indian tradition, no matter whether in Buddhism or Jainism or Vedanta or Samkhya, depends how we explain it. The super mundane samadhi is the content of liberation. So going to liberation is going to samadhi. In a Buddhist tradition, it is sanya vedaita niroda samapati, going to the samadhi, which is beyond the uh, perception and beyond feelings. If we are liberated, there we go. Where we go, nobody knows. <laughs> Even no Mara can see. And uh, as long as we have uh, clinging, we are the victims of Mara. So uh, this is the sequence. First, we have to purify our Samadhi. That's what the Buddha did under the Bodhi tree. Then we see clearly the light and the forms. 
when we see clearly the light and the forms, then uh, inner and outer we become clear. And since depends on the power, according to the explanation of the Abhidharma, of the commentaries, according to the power of our paramis, and the power of paramis of Buddha is unlimited, we can extend the forms and the light of our samadhi to innumerable worlds. This is the privilege of the Buddha. Even the arahats cannot do it because they have not attained this perfection of paramis. So the Buddha, because of his perfection of paramis, he could extend his experience to all beings. So that's why his uh, experience is called Anuttara Samyak Sambodhi. The Anuttara, there is no higher. Samyak means together with all beings because he could extend his light and his uh, understanding of forms to all beings. So it is incredible deed. Uh, we just can't understand it, how uh, much we think about it, we just can't understand it. We have to uh, believe in it, and uh, the uh, guide for us is this uh, uh, faith in the greatness of Buddha Samadhi. So this is the first question. Now, uh, let us repeat the second question for the benefit of all. Uh, second question is Venerable, when you were leading the meditation, uh, there are the four stages, the incoming, then the retention of the breath, then the outgoing, and the suspension of the breath. So basically, uh, uh, four stages. Now, the original text, the Anapanasati, talks only about the incoming and outcoming to the breath, the retention and the suspension, which is called the kumbhak in the yoga, it is not really mentioned. So I'm really curious, uh, which is the sutra or the tradition from where this has really originated? So the uh, tradition is uh, Sarvastivada tradition. Uh, you will find in uh, starting with Abhidharma Kosha by Vasubandhu. Uh, you will find a distinction which you don't find in uh, the Southern Buddhism. You find a distinction between the uh, uh, the subtle breast, hmm? sukshma, and between the uh, gross breast. Hmm? The uh, gross breast is the breast which enters our body through our nostrils or when it is very gross through our mouth and it goes through this uh, uh, breathing tube to the uh, abdomen and from the abdomen it goes back to the nostrils or to the mouth. Uh, this uh, the uh, Vasubandhu calls the gross breast. Hmm? 
Now, he also speaks of the uh, subtle breath. And the subtle breath appears uh, in uh, every pore of our skin, in a modern language, in every cell. Hmm? He calls it Roma Cupa, but what he actually means is uh, uh, every cell of the body. The whole body is participating in this uh, subtle breath. When we breathe in and breathe out, we are not quite aware of the subtle breath. But when we pay attention to this in-between breath, which is in Indian tradition of yoga called Kumbhaka, Intara, Antara Kumbhaka, Bahya Kumbhaka, so when we pay attention to that, uh, we will have the uh, uh, direct experience that uh, not only we are breathing through the uh, nose or mouth, we are actually breathing through whole body. And this is very scientific. Nowadays, even so, our minds are shrinking. I am uh, unhappy to say, uh, but uh, our friend Sumati was talking about that our uh, intellectual capacity to see uh, our body, mind and the world as one whole is shrinking, uh, yet our knowledge is growing. This is a big contradiction and a big problem. This is a very great problem of our civilization. We have so incredible knowledge, but we can't use it. Impossible to use it. So, uh, we are stuck. The old, in the days of old, the, they had such a deep insight because they could use uh, different aspects in the medicine. Buddha had wonderful knowledge of medicine also. Uh, medicine, astrology, all these things they could use for seeing that our experience represent a whole. So, uh, actually, this experience of our whole body breathing is very important. Now, yesterday was a lot of talk about uh, Gandhiji. So to quote Gandhiji, Gandhiji has said that even in the deepest depths of the ocean in this world we don't find any peace. Impossible to find any peace. Even when we are sitting in meditation, our body is moving. We are the movement. Uh, that we spoke about Rinpoche's film. Hmm? Uh, when we have uh, samskaras, we are moving. That's why the, what the Buddha discovered under the body tree is precisely that. So he said, my samskaras are broken. So instead of uh, the five aggregates of grasping, he, he has five aggregates of liberation. That's what he taught. The liberation through uh, the uh, discipline, the liberation through samadhi concentration, liberation through uh, pure knowledge, undefiled knowledge. So, uh, 
the attention, and I have emphasized yesterday, attention is a key for our understanding of meditation. In the tradition of Yogacara, actually Asanga explains the whole process of meditation on 40 different kinds of attention which we learn in meditation. So, when attention is directed to this subtle breath, so we get a better knowledge of the whole, of the uh, so-called breath being the bodily samskara, what puts our body together. Because we are breathing, our body is put together and put together with a mind also. We, the sign of our body being together with a mind is our breath. So it is help. And uh, even so, it's not mentioned in Anapanasati Sutta, which says uh, Ana means uh, in-breath, Apana means out-breath, Sati means mindfulness, mindfulness of in-breath and out-breath. It is a logical extension of this uh, awareness. Hello. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question regarding what you said this morning about the breath uh, and the pauses. Because I was sitting in deep meditation when you were talking about it. And I had this feeling that you were saying that the f if we divide it into four, so the incoming breath, the pause, the outgoing breath and the pause, they're like four um, aspects of the breath. And I was wondering whether it is the intention when you sit down and meditate for those to become equal in... So you observe the breath. Do they have to become equal portions of the breath? Or do you, what shall I say, go with the energy? <laughs> do you understand what I mean? Yes, I understand. Uh, go with the energy. <laughs> uh, okay, the answer is... Uh, now I have just mentioned the attention. Actually, we translate into European languages, into Czech also, we translate manasikara as attention. But uh, manasikara literally means, and in Chinese they are having the literal translation, the Chinese translation is much better. They translate also uh, making in the mind, manasi, is a locative case of manas hmm? in the mind and kara is making hmm? in Chinese zhuoyi. So what we make in the mind it becomes a clear object. Now I have already mentioned Vasubandhu Abhidharma Kosha. Vasubandhu says that uh, this meditation on the breath is a peculiarity of uh, the Buddhists. The tirtikas the non-Buddhists, they don't have it. Why? Because 
they want to force this kumbhaka uh, to extend. But you, being a Buddhist, you don't do it. You, by paying attention naturally to the in-between breaths, it becomes obvious. Because attention making in the mind is what makes the object clear. When the object becomes clear, the mind will stay there. Now, according to Buddhism, Vasubandhu also, since I've been quoting Vasubandhu, uh, in Tibet they usually start by learning Abhidharma Kosha. It is very good base for studying Buddhism. The Vasubandhu explains that attention, manasikara, is what articulates clearly the object in the mind. This is a function of manasikara. Hmm? It articulates clearly the object in the mind. When the object is clearly articulated in the mind, the mind will stay there. If the object is not clearly articulated in the mind, the mind will run elsewhere. Suppose if I don't pay attention to what I am saying now, or if I, you don't pay attention to what I am uh, talking about now, you will start listening to uh, the sounds around, and you will lose the meaning of my words. Is it right or not? Even so, now you are paying attention to the meaning of my words. You are clearly aware that there are people around, that they are talking, but you don't get distracted, right? So when you pay attention, attention and mindfulness, they come together. Because we use mindfulness with attention, the mind articulates the object clearly. Because it articulates the object clearly, the mind will stay there. Because the mind stays there, it remembers. The literal meaning of sati or smrti is remembering. But in Buddhism, it does not mean just remembering the past. It means remembering what's going on now. What, where our attention is, where our feeling is, where our body is. So, uh, when these are clearly remembered, then we can master the mental objects. If they are not clearly remembered, the mental objects will master us. Hmm? So, uh, the meditation I have mentioned is like a symphony of many, many instruments when we make progress in meditation, these instruments start to play harmoniously. When they play harmoniously, uh, we go into deeper meditation. Hmm? And uh, the central role here is uh, the uh, mindfulness and attention. These two must go together. Omitobo. <laughs> Hello. Thank you, Venerable.
please advise me what to do next time when I meditate. This is what happened this time. I'm aware, uh, my breath, my body, breathing. I'm aware, I'm steady. And then I've, I'm aware that a fly lands on my arm. I you are aware of? A fly. A fly. <laughs> lands on my arm. So I bring my attention back to my breathing, and then I feel the fly kind of crawling through the hairs of my arm. I bring the attention back to my body, my breathing, and then the fly does something, and I just react, and, and I move my arm, and then I realize I've broken the meditation. Next time, how would you advise me to deal with the same situation? Yes, it is a very good question. I hope it will illumine the meditation for most of us. Uh, for understanding meditation, these teachings of what I have been studying is very useful. In Abhidharma, uh, the, uh, there is a very beautiful comparison. Now imagine you have five black stones and you have a drum. Now you have uh, five black stones lying on the surface of the drum. Now, if our mind is not collected, when one stone will jump, the mind will run to that stone which has jumped more. Even when the stone has jumped, so all the stones are jumping. So these five stones, they are our five senses. Eye, ear, nose, tongue, body. When one of these senses has jumped, what happened? The mind will run to that sense which has jumped more. If you pay attention to the fly, that's why we have talked about attention, manasikara, making in the mind. If you make the fly in the mind, and the, the sensation of the fly in the mind, then the mind, because it is not gathered, it will stay with the fly. Then, uh, after some time, you, what am I doing? I am meditating on the breath. So you go back to the breath, then it will not be fly, it will be something else. You may have some uh, pain in the knee, huh? So the mind goes to the knee. Hmm? Then there may be some prominent sound. Then the mind goes to the sound. Then it goes back. It, is, it means that the mind is not collected. So the stones are jumping. And this is the collection. This is the agitated mind. Now, uh, when you practice meditation on the breath, you want to gather the mind inside. When you uh, contemplate the in-breath and out-breath and in-between-breath, you are gathering the mind inside. So, even so you are aware of the fly, your mind does not go to the fly. Even you are aware of uh, the uh, sounds, your mind does not go to the sound. Even you are aware people sitting next to you, your mind does not go there. So, you go deep into meditation. If your 
lose this uh, mind collected inside, what will happen? It goes here and there. So this is called the monkey mind. The Buddha has taught uh, the, in order to get into meditation, first step is to uh, subdue the monkey mind. Hmm? He compared it to the white elephant. Hmm? Our mind is like a wild elephant. When it is caught and you try to catch it by paying attention to the breath, it starts running around, running around, running around. And when the skillful farmer uses a very uh, tight rope to tie it to the uh, tree. He will all go around the tree until he is tired, then he will settle down. So the, that's why Buddha explained the first step in meditation on breath is counting the breaths. So you make the uh, discursive outward oriented mind tired in the beginning meditation is difficult because the uh, uh, we beginners in meditation get easily tired because we are used to this mind running around running around thinking about all kinds of things so vasubandhu now we have talked about vasubandhu <laughs> vasubandhu has explained the uh, condition for meditation is uh, kaya viveka and uh, chitta viveka. Kaya viveka means isolation of the body. That means you don't pay attention to the five senses, you collect the mind inside. Then the chitta viveka means you don't think about what you're going to do uh, tomorrow, after tomorrow, uh, uh, what you have to do what you're going to do on holiday, what you have enjoyed yesterday, day before yesterday, one year ago. You st stay attentive on your meditation object. If it is a breath, then you use counting first to stay with it. When the counting is effective, what will happen? You will start feeling the benefits of meditation. That means when the mind stays with the object, it becomes a happy mind. If the mind wanders around, it is a frustrated mind. When we have a happy mind, it is easy to concentrate. And then we get the benefits of meditation, they will come. Hmm? So this is how it is explained. Hmm?